From the movie house to your widescreen at home, Radio 111's Going to the Cinema and the streaming services on Flicks and Picks with Brian Mendoza. So grab your popcorn and beverage of choice and step into our screening room for our weekly forum on film. Now, here's Brian. After nearly 50 years, Leatherface is targeting another group of yuppies, adult adult influencers, whatever they're called, and they're certainly not teenagers from what I can tell, in Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the latest release from Netflix, and I gotta say, I am so ready for this franchise to just die. I really am. I think this is a franchise that has continuously, continuously messing, messed up, is just going out of its way to no longer be scary. And I feel like it's getting to a point where they're just trying to add so much comedy in it that it might as well not even be a scary movie anymore. Texas Chainsaw Massacre is a requel. So again, for those of you who don't know the terminology, it is a it is a film that is a direct sequel to the original where it cancels everything out but it's also like a sequel that relies a bit on the original in terms of its legacy if not necessarily its story so if it doesn't repeat the exact same story it certainly brings back older actors or in this case an older character because the original actress Marilyn Burns is no longer with us, so unfortunately, she can't play Sally anymore. So she's played by a different actress who, you know, for better or for worse, does do a, a decent jo job. I'm, I'm a little reluctant to say good or even decent. She just, she does her job. She's there. She getting paid. And that actress is actually pretty good in other stuff. So it's a shame that I just don't see it here. You know, I don't see that talent here right now. But right now, the film is currently on Netflix and it is not not like doing the greatest in terms of like the public reception I have seen a lot of people make fun of like the trailer for it because there's a scene in the trailer where Leatherface the killer from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre you know who he is the man who wears people's faces on his face a, a mask filled with rotten skin and all that he has his chainsaw and he's about to attack these people in the bus and they all pull out their cell phone in this vapid attempt at social commentary oh look at that and instead of stopping the killer they're on their phone like whoop-de-doo like great commentary right like think about it how many times have you seen that commentary of people just being on their phone look there is a tv show i like called close enough where a girl just watches someone unwrapping toys instead of playing with toys i get the commentary because sometimes we just watch YouTube videos of people doing stuff that we probably should be doing instead. Like, I get it, but even if I can barely tolerate it from something I love, I don't think I can... <laughs> you can't imagine how much I don't like it from something I dislike. I don't know if I hate this movie. Hate is a strong word, and I think hate would involve a little too much passion that this film's not worth having about. But in this scene, um, the characters hold up their phone as Leatherface is about to, like, you know, kill them with his chainsaw, and they're like, and this guy is like, you know, do something, bro, and you'll get canceled. Something like that. It's some really cringy, thoughtless line that I thought, you know what? They are trying so hard to have a commentary on cancel culture that is just not coming out correctly, and it's just 
it's not even really authentic to how people talk. Uh, believe it or not, the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, for its commentary on like vapid teenagers, because it, it does have some commentary on that, because the teenagers are sitting around reading astrology, which back in the 70s, you were considered kind of vapid for having you know, certain hippie ideologies, you know, like, I, I hate to say it like that, but that's how they would see it. They would see you as, as like having an ideology just because you would probably say stuff like, you know, this, your stars are in line or are not in alignment or something like that. And usually people would laugh at you back in the seventies. But I think the difference is that in the original, they didn't try to stray far from how people talked so the way people talk casually about astrology it made sense so if you were trying to make fun of how vapid they sound it wouldn't make them unlikable is what i'm saying the fact is the original taste of chainsaw massacre when the kids talk about astrology in the bus it sounds fine because it, it, it sounds natural. The kid, People really did talk like that. People really did talk about astrology like that, where they kind of had a pseudo understanding of it, but they weren't like, you know, like saying catchphrases or stuff like that. And, they, and the characters were now going around saying, groovy man, that is so boogie. You know, they're not saying lines that, uh, let's say, so, an out-of-touch person would believe a kid from the 70s would say. And that's what I like about the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It was believable with its characters. Now, going back to this, with their commentary on uh, cancel culture, and it's not the only thing they're commenting on. Trust me, this film is trying really hard with the social commentary. But here's the thing. you got to be authentic about it. you got to sound like real people. You can't just go around saying stuff like, well, you know, you'll get canceled, bro. Like, no one genuinely talks like that. It's the most cringiest, most... I gotta say stupid line I've heard in a Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie since Do Your Thing Cuz, which is from an earlier film. And if you know that line, it's because you're a fan of this franchise, which I'm not, but I managed to watch almost every single one of these films because why not? For research. I do it for you people. I love you all. Don't worry. I love you all. It, but it's just one of those things where like the these lines it's the dialogue it's the fact that no one talks like this and then the film also has this very very out of touch very badly done um commentary on school shooting so the main character aka the survivor lila she is a school student survivor and i'm saying they're like why is this a plot point why does she have to be a school shooting survivor like it, it almost feels like they're trying to play off of real trauma because they have nothing else to do but to like have coincidentally a real school shooter a school shooting victim in there as a survivor which is weird because the film also has this like weird fixation on like guns because first of all it they're, they have character, main characters who are supposed to be likable, criticize guns, right? So it, it already has an anti-gun stance, but then there's a scene where the school shooting victim character, Lila, is holding a gun and feels empowered by it. So it has a pro-gun sentiment to it. It's weird because this is a, this is a story where it doesn't even have the 
the brain power to have the nuanced conversation about guns, school shootings, and even gentrification. So it even ha- the whole premise is basically these social media influencers come to a ghost town, Harlow, Texas, and are planning to renovate the space and and to live in it and to make it better. And so they have a bunch of like investment buyers coming into town that day in order to purchase the town. And then what happens? What really starts the events? is this one older woman who owns her property. I'm just going to spoil it. She actually is the owner of her property and it got settled. But the film has this really weird fixation in making social media influencers look like villains, but at the same time not be villains. I don't know. Again, it's a film of contradictions. Like when you have social commentary, you kind of need to pick a side. You know, imagine Stepford Wives, if you've seen Stepford Wives, where the evil men in that movie were also meant to be likable. Like, not just the in the case of like they have good actors i mean you're supposed to side and not side with them and or or in get out let's look at get out for example imagine you're not supposed to like side with just the black character but the white people who do horrible things to him think about how dumb that story would be again if you do social commentary you got you do got to pick a side and pick the side that's more likely to age better granted get out and uh separate wives have aged exceptionally well in my opinion at least they've they've aged exceptionally well that's why like in my opinion those films can do really well with social commentary and horror films and i think like even nightmare on elm street 3 you know has social commentary on suicide but it picks a very like you know help your kids out and like listen to them you know it, it's very thoughtful that way so it is possible for a slasher film like texas Chainsaw massacre to have commentary and you might be saying why am i harping on this it's because it's the part that like makes me more mad because it's trying to be this ambitious film because the rest of it sucks you know it's, it's just this really crappy standard generic um slasher film it's not scary um, I think the mu- the soundtrack is really off-putting a little bit, and I also think the acting. You know, it's sad because Elsie Fisher, she is in this movie, and she does nothing. Like it's it, it's exceptionally bad how this one really talented actress from eighth grade plays as a survivor, L- Lila, and she's given nothing to do really. She's given a nothing script where she has to just basically scream her head off. And I'm like, you know what? It, it's, it's like when people criticize Kirsten Dunst with Spider-Man. It's like, of course she's going to be screaming a lot. But at least with Kirsten Dunst, she was able to like have a performance. This young girl doesn't even get to have that. And her whole performance revolves around trauma. And, and I think that that poor girl was stuck in a movie that doesn't even know how to handle that. So why even support this film even on... If you're a fan of Elsie Fisher from 8th grade, go watch 8th grade again. Go watch her other projects. You don't need to watch this. You don't need to support this. Her career is not benefiting from this, you know? This is, in fact, the film that they dumped on Netflix, so you can watch it for free, essentially. Of course, you have to pay $14 or whatever, but it's dumped there for free. Go and watch it, and I guess, like, you'll get... I'll get I guess you'll waste your time I was gonna say your money's worth if you want certain things but I can't think of it because it's, it's just not that good like it's a dumb slasher film and not even in a fun way like it has to try to be smart and it's and it's so dumb at being smart like its idea is let's use terminology that everyone's familiar with no but that's not how people talk and another thing is like it's commentary and justification it's supposed to you're supposed to side with the gentrifiers or you're supposed to side with the person who's killing them 
because I'm not sure because like like no like I am one of those people that I'm like no I don't I don't personally support gentrification so whenever I see this film do uh, this film do a bad job representing the issue it's like okay so why do you got to make the anti-gentrification folks like why you got to make the murderers <laughs> that's what I was thinking you know because it does have look the idea is interesting the idea of like displacement like what would happen if let's say somebody like Leatherface who has lived in rural Texas for such a long time what would happen if if the the town changed you know what what would happen in modern day Harlow Texas like the the town that Texas Chainsaw Massacre takes place in already the original I don't know if it's Harlow Texas or not but what would happen to Leatherface in that environment what would happen what would be the implication of like the, the town was modern and like almost a big city and we have this legend there that gets wrongfully ignored and forgotten and so the legend comes in to try to reclaim its spot i don't know it's kind of, it's it's sort of this idea of like the story the legend of the killer coming to reclaim their place in a town's history the one thing i will say is that there are some ideas that could have worked in a better movie but i am also one of those people that i don't like the movie that we're given and i feel like it's such a shame that we don't have a better one i i think that there's some ideas like i said before like i said just a few minutes ago like you know maybe gentrification could make sense but again this is like a repeat of halloween 2018 but without the intelligence and without even thinking about what to do with the legacy characters it's a shame that this franchise has had a lot of bumps in the road and heck even some like I, I'm gonna say not just bumps but like straight up car accidents if we're going for road metaphors it is ex not exceptionally bad it's dull it's it's quite frankly unintelligent so Texas Chainsaw Massacre is an unintelligent overly ambitious but under made film it is a film that tries really hard to be something but then it doesn't try hard enough on the nuances of what it's trying to say so it's a film made by people that think they're saying something but in reality they don't have the skill set to tell a story what i would tell the filmmakers of this movie let this franchise die and Netflix don't even think about bringing it back. <laughs> We're done. We're done. The ending, by the way, not so. It's not worth it. And people are laughing at it for the wrong reasons. This is Brian Mendoza with Flicks and Picks. Check us out on iHub um, Radio 111.